Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. It's your calling to become an authentic midwife? Do you dream of attending women in birth? Have you felt frustrated trying to be a birth worker in the system? Are you looking for a better way to walk with women in total integrity, supporting mother-led physiological birth? Are you dreaming of building a thriving, profitable business as a birth coach? Well, we are thrilled to announce that enrollment for our Radical Birth Keeper School is now open. Classes begin June 1st, so head over to our website and get the details. The time is now, and we need you to join us in this birth revolution. www.radicalbirthkeeperschool.com my friend Simone, who tells us the story of her first baby, who was born free outside under a tree in Mexico. Simone came to choose free birth from watching her own cat give birth and tells us how it all began with the thought, if a cat can do it, I can too. And so she did. This is for me a very long awaited episode to be bringing to be bringing into the world because um as I was saying before we started recording recording that you Simone have one of my most favorite birth stories. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and for a little backstory I'll say that um it's kind of cute how you and I met because you hit me up on Instagram, right? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And you had had a free birth in Mexico, which we're about to talk about. And you were in Colorado and we went for a nice long walk and spent the day together. And, and that was the start of our friendship. Yeah. It was so great. It was awesome. It was last winter, wasn't it? Yeah. It was roughly around this time. Cause it was cold. Yeah. Yeah. We walked around that lake. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's just go to where I usually where I usually invite women to start, which is take me to wherever you want um, to start. When you when I when I ask the story when I ask the question, where does your mothering journey begin? What's like the part of your life that pops up into your head? Well, I feel like, I mean, I wasn't really thinking about anything pregnancy, birth, I honestly wasn't even thinking about um, having a baby, you know, or that wasn't my mindset maybe eight years ago or so. Um, I think what started was 
um, I guess my journey of researching wet pregnancy, birth, labor started when my really close dear friend of mine got pregnant um, around eight years ago. And um, for me, it's like, I love to research everything. Like I wanted to know everything. I wanted to support her. Um, and in doing so, I had to kind of know a little bit about what it's all about, you know, like just the craft of it. Um, so that kind of led me into this journey of like researching what birth and labor was about. And um, I, I watched this documentary on the business of being born um, years back. I probably have different opinions about it now. I haven't seen it. But, right. Um, totally. But at least at that point, um, I was, this is eight years ago. So I was like 22, 23. And um, so I, I watched it and I was like, dude, there's different ways of birthing than just a hospital birth. And from mm. that moment, I knew that if I were to have a child, I would not step foot in a hospital. Mm. It was just I knew that that wasn't the right choice for me. I didn't know whether I'm going to have a favor. Like all that stuff wasn't like, wasn't like, I wasn't thinking about that obviously because I wasn't pregnant at that time, but I just knew that I didn't want a free birth. Oh, and sorry, a uh, hospital birth. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that led me to um, where I'm at now where um I was pregnant, I got pregnant, um, and that's when I started researching again. So from the moment where I'm like, my friend got pregnant till when I was pregnant, that's eight years apart, um, I wasn't really thinking about it. I knew like, I, you know, I was like researching, but like, it kind of like faded off a little bit and it wasn't that important or relevant to me until I got pregnant. And when you were pregnant, were you already living in Mexico? No, I was actually in Ohio, in, Mex okay. in, in Ohio, yeah, um, when I got pregnant. And then, so when I got pregnant, the first thing was like, oh, yeah, I was so excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to have my mom there. We're going to look at midwives. Um, you know, like I... I knew I didn't want a hospital birth, but I wanted a home birth. So I was like, oh, my mom can come. She had two babies. She knows what's going on. Um, and I was so excited about it. But then after like really thinking about it and realizing that I'm such a people pleaser that mm -hmm. I would, would like to please her or please everybody who is involved other than myself, or at least take care of them, making sure they're okay. I won't be focusing on myself. Um, wow. And that was the most important thing. It was that I, this is my chance to have the right birth. And this is my only chance to have the birth that I want. So I can't have, I can't be nurturing and helping or trying to please somebody when uh, I'm doing something that it's a once in a lifetime chance, you know what I mean? So at that point, yes, I, I was like, okay, well, I have to reevaluate this. I have to understand where I'm coming from. Um, and so that led me to, the, to researching about how can I birth and what steps or what other ways I can birth. Um, wow. So how did free birth even 
get on your radar? Free birth went came into me by okay, so um while I was pregnant, um we looked at midwives and I emailed a midwife and we met up with her and we chatted, we had like the typical, you know, conversations and the concerns and everything. Um, I was just seeing if she resonated with me and whatnot. And so what really stood out to me is that she said that she's a very hands-off midwife. She kind of allows the mother to do what she wanted to do. And she's there as like support and help and in case there's an emergency, right? So after the uh, meeting with the midwife, I came home and I was like, well, what's the point of having a <laughs> midwife? You know, if she's going to be hands off, you know, like I can do it myself. And I'm so, such like a controlling type of person on top of that. I would like to, you know, do it on my own because I, I'm so controlling. Um, <laughs> well, I guess the, I, I guess the idea is, hands off midwife. And then unless you're one of those, you know, rare women that actually you or your baby needs help or support, obviously the thinking then is that there's an experienced person there to step in. You yeah. Know, but yeah. As we know that that's not really how it plays out. Yeah. And, and maybe she was the midwife for that I needed to meet firsthand in order to build my confidence of being a complete, you know, free birth or control of my birth. So when she said that, I was like, okay, well, there's really no need for her to be there in case there is an emergency. So my next step would be that, okay, got to research what may go wrong and what may happen. And so I'm going through all this list of things that may go wrong and what may happen. And um, and a lot of the things that I was researching is pretty rare. And it doesn't happen all that often unless you're, you know, are completely unhealthy and and you know, not in tune with your body. Um, so so yeah, I didn't really But even but even then complications are still very rare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And um, so, so I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't really thinking too much of it because I knew like we as a society wouldn't be here with, you know, without this, I guess, instinct of birthing, you know, this thing, like I'm, I'm a woman. I know that I, this is what I'm supposed to do really, you know? So, so yeah, that went, um, so the, the night that I, um, I met up with the midwife, I came home, I started researching and, and I, I guess I came onto a blog or I, I don't exactly know how I got there, but I was maybe writing like unassisted birth or like birth without midwives or things like that. And I led it, uh, that led me to your podcast and any birth podcast. And as I listen to all these stories um I was like this is what it's meant to be 
yeah, this is how it should be. This is how I would love my book to be. I am in complete control of what I needed to do. And I trust myself and I'm confident in myself. Um, and I am a quite stubborn person. So when I made that decision that I wanted a completely unassisted, autonomous, free birth, that's it, you know. Um, and prior to all this, I didn't tell anybody. I told my partner that um, I didn't want to tell anybody about my pregnancy until I made a decision of how I wanted to birth. Because I didn't, I wanted to make that decision on my own. And I didn't want other people to, you know, come in with their opinions um, and their thoughts on how I should work and what not. I knew that I needed to make my own decision decisions, um, by myself. And so when I made that decision, that's when, you know, I was probably like three and a half, four months along. along. Um, and that's when I, you know, started telling everybody that we were pregnant but I I um yeah I wanted not I didn't want anybody to have an opinion I guess I was kind of selfish yeah totally Um, so how how did your partner feel and respond to this this decision that you made he was for it. He was definitely for it. He's always really supportive of the decision I made. And partly because, and people, I get like my people get, people laugh at me and like roll their eyes when I tell them this, but like in the midst of me researching and being pregnant, um, my uh, cat was pregnant and had seven kittens by herself. Um, and that, totally inspired me i was like a cat cat can do this like we came downstairs like we knew she was pregnant i set her up with a birth box you know with little comfy towels and whatnot and all of a sudden we heard little kittens cry you know and we came down and she already birthed two or three kittens already without like anybody there you know so like if a cat who we raised, by the way, bottle fed because her mother abandoned her and we had her um, at least one, no more than two weeks old. So she was very domesticated. She like, she thought she was human. Um, Mm -hmm. So for a cat that was completely um, uh, domesticated, that she had this instinct to birth on her own freely, was a big like whoa like this you know like if the cat can do it I can do it and that was really inspiring to me Um, oh it's so good and it's silly to think about that and I I tell people that and I get just like eye rolls and and you know just giggles and laughs about that but like it's true like all animals do that you know right people don't want to remember that we're animals yeah Exactly. We are animals. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's part of like my decision to have a free birth is because of my cat. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, um, so yeah, so. Okay. So then, yeah. What do you do with your pregnancy? 
And I know at some point you go to Mexico. When, when does that happen in your pregnancy? Uh, probably around four months or so. We had some family drama. I won't get into it, but um, that kind of like led and pushed us to Mexico. We went to Mexico two years prior to us going there for when I was pregnant. And we fell in love with the city, um, San Miguel de Allende. And we completely just was in love with the city. And we kept talking about it. We brought it up several times. And um, when that family drama kind of pushed us away a little bit, um, we were like, what the heck? Let's just go to Mexico and figure it out. We always wanted to go. We always wanted to possibly live there. So we were like, why not? Let's just go and see. And um, so we went there and I really didn't do anything with my pregnancy, to be honest. I was like my own doula. I'm an herbalist, so I drank a lot of tea, like nourishing, high mineral tea every single day. Um, I ate really good. Um, I that was my prenatal, really. It was just like me taking care of myself. I did yoga in the morning. Um, I took it easy, took naps, um, went out for walks and hikes and sunbathe. And I guess the push to Mexico really helped that, you know, um, because right. in the States, I wasn't able to do that. I mean, I did yoga and meditation mm. in the morning and blah, blah, blah. But like, I, we were still stuck in the city. And I think I felt so much at home when I was in nature, you know? And, and throughout my pregnancy, before I decided where I wanted to birth and whatnot, and, we, and Mexico could just happen to be, you know, what happened. Um, but I kept thinking in my head that I wanted to be outside. Like that vision yeah. in my head was like, I wanted to be outside, maybe not necessarily the birth itself, but I knew that I wanted to be in nature, whether we did it in like a yurt or somewhere or a cabin or whatever, or go on a hike when I'm in labor. I don't know exactly. You know, I wasn't really thinking anything like that, but I just knew that I wanted to be in nature and that I wanted to be near water for some reason. Yeah. You know, I just had that feeling, you know, that instinctual feeling that that's where I needed to be. And, you know, to our benefit with all the family drama, it pushed us to Mexico into this little, um, like little ranch. Um, it's a little off grid, off, um, off grid little like rancho, you know? Um, so that was really nice. Um, and we lived there prior, or we didn't live there, but we Airbnb'd that property prior two years oh, ago. Right. So yeah, that's yeah. So, so, cool. we, so we already knew that place. And when we happened to go to Mexico, we didn't really had a plan. We didn't know anything. We just knew that we we're gonna go to San Miguel and figure it out. And when we got there, the owner of the Airbnb that we rented two years ago, um, we found out that the house is vacant. He's in France and he that house is vacant. So we were like, okay, we'll rent it. <laughs> so it was like perfect timing. It was completely what it should have been, you know? Hmm. Um, so I, I was so stoked. The minute, really, the minute that we crossed the border, we were so relieved and so happy. And when we got hmm. to 
um, San Miguel and the fact that that house was vacant, um, the same property that we stayed at two years ago and the place that we fell in love with was available. It was like, it was totally meant to be. Well, talk about like taking the jump, taking the leap and being caught and supported by the universe. Yeah, totally. So cool. It was, and then the fact that we, we were there, everybody was supportive. I told them like, I wanted a home birth. Um, this is, you know, this is my birth plan. It was pretty simple. I want a home birth. And everybody was like, yeah, like here's a midwife you can talk to, or here's this person, you know, that had a home birth. You can talk to this person. And everybody was super supportive, you know, and maybe because it's still pretty regular and normal to have a home birth than a hospital birth. I don't know. I was just seem like everybody was um like on our side you know I mean definitely Mm -hmm. we had some people who um had pretty strong opinions about what we wanted to do but that's you know it comes with the territory it always is there's always going to be some (laughs) negativity but um yeah so take me through yeah so take me through the rest of your pregnancy leading up leading up to the birth yeah so um yeah, so when we got to Mexico, we got linked up to this amazing birth worker, Allison. Um, if you have anybody listening and living in San Miguel, um, you should link up to Allison. Um, she's awesome. She's a birth worker. She's not a midwife practicing there, but she has dedicated her life um, doing birth work. And um, we linked up with her. Um, and not necessarily to have her as like a midwife, but just so we can have more information. You know, she offered a workshop or like a meeting where she can discuss like our goals and um, and what her thoughts are and whatnot. And 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 so we met up with her, and the meeting was supposed to be like like a couple hours, and it turns out to be like this nice therapy session for like seven hours six seven hours just talking about everything she went she went through like what can't go wrong or what may go wrong and how we can um how we can deal with it you know um like bleeding and how how we can deal with that or like the phases of Birth, um, where you can go into like the alpha and um, theta and and um, beta phases, you know. She went through all that, um, and and the minute I met her and I told her like, "Look, I wanted a birth without any midwives or without anybody," she was like, "Go for it, you know, do it, you you know." And I think that was the first person who like was really just trusted me, you know, trusted a woman to have such a birth like that, um, which we didn't, which I didn't have, you know, that much of support. Um, so that really was like, was core to me and very motivating to me. Um, and so she also gave me a list of other midwives um to link up if I were to choose to have one 
And, and so after the meeting, I still felt the same way. I was like, I don't kind of don't want anybody there still. But um, we had this huge conversation. My partner and I had this conversation and he um, asked some very like tough questions, you know, um, things that like, I felt at that moment, like he didn't really trust me as a woman to birth, but to do, to his defense, he was just making sure this is the right decision. And I, this is what I wanted to do. And um, so, um, so I kind of, and at one point I kind of like second guessed myself a little bit. And so I kind of, I, I, um, I did a compromise, I guess. So I was like, yeah, let's just talk to a midwife and see, and if she's available, if she's willing, she can be on site um, in case something happens. But I just don't want her to be in like the actual birth. I mean, we have like an acre, we, we were staying on like roughly an acre. So there's many, that's a lot of space. So she can be on premises and then, um, if anything happens, then she can come. Um, so that was the agreement. Um, and so we did meet up one midwife and we went through the interview and whatnot. And afterwards, I still felt like I didn't want her there, you know? Um, and this was probably like a couple of weeks before Enzo was born. Um, so his due date, which is silly, uh, but we can go and talk about due dates. Um, but like his due date was like the 24th, I believe. So like towards like the end of February, he actually came early. Oh, right. But I forgot about yeah, that. He came early. Um, so what my intentions were, I was like the first week of February, I'm going to make sure everything is okay. Make sure like maybe potentially um, renting a birth tub um, and getting all the materials, rent the like buy the plastics and like get the towels. So and you were everything. you were like thirty seven weeks. Yeah, thirty six, thirty seven. Okay, I think thirty six, thirty seven. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the first week I was like first week of February, I'm gonna do all this, and he came. <laughs> On the second day, um, so we were definitely would would not prepared. We were definitely not prepared. And prior to that, which is funny, prior to that um, that meeting with the midwife, we didn't officially hire her. We were just having a meeting to make sure, like you know, she, we resonate with her. So I would, and I was going through other midwives that I potentially may. Um, want to use but I never got the chance because he came so early um, but he was so like anyways. we're having a free birth mom yeah so basically that was the, this like to my benefit that was that's what I really wanted anyway so maybe I was um, you know lagging and procrastinating subconsciously um, because I truly wanted a free birth um, so what happened that day, okay, so his birth was pretty simple. Um, the day prior, um, I was meeting up with a bunch of friends and I wasn't thinking anything of it. I had contractions throughout the whole day. 
um, simple contractions, but there wasn't, it wasn't painful or anything, but, and I had contractions prior. So I wasn't thinking about anything. And especially I had contractions after going on long hikes and walks. So I, uh, and that day I walked the whole entire day. Um, so I was meeting with a couple of friends and I walked um, the entire day and throughout the day I was having contractions and wasn't thinking about anything about that. And that night, um, that night, I continued to continue to have contractions. Um, and we went to bed late, like, I don't know, like midnight or one o'clock. And I was like, I couldn't sleep. I kept going to the bathroom every hour, half hour. I kept going. And I was like, mm, maybe I drank a lot of water. I mean, I walked the whole day. So I was like, drinking I drunk a bunch of water so I was probably you know I wasn't thinking anything of it um so I was like oh whatever but I just couldn't sleep and um so obviously my body was preparing for birth and you know eliminating itself um for birth so I wasn't you know now looking back I knew exactly what was happening but I didn't know at that time so around like five o'clock happened um, I got up to go to the bathroom again and this gush of water came out of me and I was like, oh shoot, did I just pee myself? Like, that's impossible. I've been like going to the bathroom for the past three, four hours now. This can't be pee, you know, like this cannot be pee. So my water broke. I smelled it like I smelled the sheets and I was like, this doesn't smell like pee. Um, and then that's when I had my big contractions that's when I knew I was like oh okay I'm in labor now this is wonderful um so this is like around five o'clock in the morning I didn't bother to wake up my partner at all like he's sleeping I knew that like once my water breaks and labor starts it's not like I'm gonna have a baby within like you know an hour like I knew like I had a lot of time and so um I didn't even bother to wake him up um so I just went to the bathroom sat on the toilet and just hummed to myself and just chanted and just meditated I kept going from the bathroom to the living room to the bathroom to the living room and I just like was humming and chanting and um the sun rose and he came in I don't know exactly what time I wasn't keeping time I was just really in my zone at that moment and um, he came in and he was like, what are you doing? You know, like, I was like, oh, we're having a baby. <laughs> um, I think the baby's coming. And the look in his eyes was like, he kind of, he panicked a little bit. Um, he was like, oh, shoot, we, we don't, we're not prepared. We, there's no midwives. Like, he kind of was like freaking out a little bit. Um, so I was like, okay, this is what you got to do. First of all, you got to do laundry we need clean towels so let's do laundry um because um also we're off grid so we don't have a dryer so we need to like hang up our towels to dry in the sun so i was like that's the first thing you need to do because we just needed towels um and so um so that's what he did and he texted the midwife he's like hey um we're in labor um uh is it are you available or I don't know exactly what he said he just texted the midwife and she's like 
um, I'm out of town. I won't be back until eight, nine o'clock that evening. And um, so my partner was kind of freaking out a little bit. And I was like, nope, this is, hap this is happening. Like, who cares? Like, I kind of reassured him. I was like, this is fine. It's not a big deal. You know, we are prepared. We watch a bunch of videos on free birth. We studied a lot. We watched a ton of YouTube videos on breech birth. We watched a bunch of videos on complications. We, we know it's okay. It's fine. Um, and so, um, so he, so my point is such a, a, you know, he loves to like, he, he, he's trying to fix things, you know what I mean? He's like getting the towels ready and he's trying to prepare and bring out the mattress into the living room. And um, at one point he was like, let's turn on the shower, you know, and get um, you comfortable. But we ran out of propane that day. Um, no. Yeah. So it just happened to be that day, and we have to like call in. So we got neighbors to call in, and and oh get the God. truck in to get propane to in order for the water to be heated up. And um, so I'm like sitting because we didn't know this. So I'm like turn on the shower. I'm like sitting in this freaking cold shower, cold water, um, pouring on me. I was like, this is this is awful. Um, as he was trying, as he and our neighbors was trying to fix the wa hot water heater, not knowing that the propane is empty, and so they were trying oh to God. fix it. And I'm sitting here like so cold, um, like don't know what to do with myself. The contractions are getting heavier, um, and and so he came back oh this is what happened so he so my contractions actually stopped because i was kind of stressed out a little bit um because i wasn't comfortable you know like this is not how i wanted it to be like i, I was uncomfortable and so my contractions stopped and that kind of was another eye-opener after but where all these other people, you know, are in my face doing things, lifting my legs or whatever they do there. Um, I can't imagine being in a hospital and having all these people running around me, let alone like just my partner, just one person running around me. Like that completely was like, oh man, like it's really important to be comfortable. It's really important to be safe or have the feeling of, being safe, you know? Um, so he's running around doing all these things. Um, and he came back and I was like, okay, you gotta stop. You're stressing me out. I don't have like my contraction stop because I'm clearly like I'm 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 stressed out. I um it's fine. The water is fine. We don't need to be in the shower. I don't want to be underwater anyways. So like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, and so he kind of backed off a little bit. Um, and which was really helpful. He like went on his computer or something and did his own thing. And I kind of just la laid in the living room um, and continue like chanting and continuing 
to go through my waves of contractions. And, um, and then at one point he um, approached me and he's like, it's really beautiful out. Um, why don't you sit outside? I can set up a blanket outside so you can like sit outside and sunbathe and, you know, feel the sun. It's going to help you. And I was like, okay, do it, you know? Um, and so he set it all up. He set like a little blanket up with hmm. water, cups of water and, you know, and everything. And um, which was beautiful because we had um, probably like three, four days of just cloudy days. So this is like the first day that it was sunny um, and warm. And, and so it was just perfect timing. Um, yeah, so I laid out and got to this nice relaxation state. I was half asleep. Um, I was getting kind of tired at that point because I didn't sleep at all. So I was at this like restful, still awake, but um, very restful state of mind. And then all, all of a sudden, I have this like feeling that I need to get on all fours. I was like, okay, I guess this is time. And Sean saw me. He was so the so the patio was kind of lifted up, and he was on his computer. He looked down and saw me on all fours. He jumped up from his computer. I remember this so clearly. He jumped up and he's like, "It's time!" <laughs> or something silly like that. It's like it's, the baby's coming. It's time, or, or something so, so silly. Um, well, and I love, I love that he was on the porch on his computer and you were just, I love the image of you on the blanket outside under this tree by yourself, but he's, he's there. He's just giving you all this. Space. Yeah. He was just holding space because there's nothing that he could do. Like he came, brought me some fruit, some tea, some water, um, occasionally, but there's really nothing that he could do, you know, like he he's just there to hold space. And when he's ready, you know, to, you know, he will know. Um, and so, yeah, I, I got on all fours and I felt um, bigger contractions. We didn't like, I didn't measure my waves or, you know, time in between. I didn't have my phone near me. I didn't know, like I was completely in my, zone like I don't know like what time it was I didn't know anything that was going on I just kind of like woke up from this restful state of mind to get on all fours and I knew that like okay this is time to push or time to you know birth um so as I'm like on all fours breathing he's setting up like the cameras and stuff like that and and it was kind of dreamlike like I really Mm don't remember what he was doing at one point maybe he was playing his didgeridoo or um sitting I don't really don't honestly like don't exactly remember it was kind of foggy um Hmm. but yeah I got on all fours and um he I got like pretty intense waves and I think by like the third wave I was breathing really heavily and I um kind of screamed a little bit you know grunted heavily and I felt like everybody said the ring of fire or whatever I felt that heat 
within me. Um, mm-hmm. And I pushed him out, uh, I breathed mm-hmm. him out and he came out with his arms spread open. <laughs> it was funny. And Sean was right behind me and he caught him. And, um, and Sean, I didn't even see him. I, I, oh no. Okay. So prior, I forgot this, this, um, little detail. So when I got on all fours, Sean came. So after he like got up and was so excitedly, he, he walked in at one point and brought a mirror, um, out mm-hmm. and, and he was like, um, I can see the baby's head. And he gave me the mirror and I looked at the mirror and I saw his head and I was like, oh shoot, this is happening. Like that, that when I saw his head, I was like, oh, like, oh shit. Like I'm having a baby. Like, oh, this is real. Um, and that's when my contractions got really heavy. And, and then I breathed heavily and I grunted and pushed him out. But th- I think seeing his little head and all the little fuzz on his head, I was like, that really motivate, motivated me, you know? Um, mm. Yeah, so he came out, open arms, spread out. Um, I didn't really see him until I turned around and Sean was like, it's, it's a boy, he's a boy. We have a boy. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and I just held him. I just like held him. I was completely at bliss. I didn't know it was like, I didn't know anything else, but like just pure hmm. happiness. Um, and after the fact, I was kind of giggling to myself, like workers were probably out in the garden, probably heard me screaming. <laughs> um, our neighbors were, I don't know where our neighbors were at, but maybe he was on the property working out on the garden or something. <laughs> I was just like laughing to myself like they probably heard me like scream my lungs off (laughs) um but I thought that was kind of like a silly thought you know yeah totally um, well that happens so often people are like convinced that I mean I was convinced the entire neighborhood heard me and that my neighbors heard me and and then later my um, husband mentioned it to our neighbor and he said, no, we didn't hear a thing. And I was like, how is that literally possible? Right. I, was, I was screaming for three days. How did you not hear right. me? Yeah. I feel like we go into some sort of little protective bubble, I guess. When that yeah, happens. I guess. Yeah. And so tell us about the, the placenta being born. Yeah. So he, so yeah, he was born and I just held him and um, I knew the placenta was going to come. So so um, I told Sean, we had like this little birth box with like paper towels and uh, like menstrual pads and just like my sewing scissors. I had these really sharp sewing scissors that I kind of set aside because um, we knew that um, we got to use it to cut the cord and um so, and we bought clamps. And so we had this little buff box to prepare ourselves, just like, you know, just typical gauze and whatever, um, nothing like huge or anything. So um, I, I just pushed on like, go get the clamps and boil it for, you know, half an hour to sanitize it and get it ready. Um, and as he was doing that, 
um, I um, I felt a little pressure, just the same as you know, as I birthed him, like a little, um, a little, you know, what's the word? Um, cramp. Yeah, a little cramp on my my stomach, and I just we had a bowl next to me, and I just kind of squat down and <laughs> birthed the placenta <laughs> into a bowl, and he came out, and he was like. Um, he came out and I was like, the placenta's here. <laughs> and um and we we knew that um the baby still needed, you know, I we didn't want to cut the cord as soon as like, you know, I birthed this placenta. I I knew that like the cord needed to be cold and it needed to, you know, give all its energy um to the baby. And um so we kinda I just I kinda just sat with my baby in the sun holding him with the placenta next to me. <laughs> oh, we just sat there for, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour. I, I really don't know, like a pretty long time until I was like, okay, I guess I'm, I'm ready. I nursed him, I, you know, like he latched on really quickly, easily. I nursed him and sat there and I was, we were just in total bliss, you know. Sean, my partner, just sat next to me. We just sat staring at our baby. Um, That's just, what should be happening. It was, yeah, it was just perfect. No one was there to tell us, like, hey, you got to cut the cord, or hey, you got to wash up, or hey, like, we got to clean your baby. We were all bloody and all juicy with, you know, with womb juice all over us, and, you know, our towels were you know, soaked and it was just, you know, off to the side in the grass. Like we didn't care about anything, you know, there was just complete bliss. Um, and what time of day was it? He came at 3.23 and we really didn't know what time he came until like, cause Sean was recording. So we had to go through our phone and like, timed it you know um so roughly 3 23 um i just i love the image of you outside all bloody on the grass on a blanket with your baby and your man and it being 3 30 in the afternoon and just the warmth and the trees and it's just such a such a beautiful image yeah and we went we didn't feel rush to do anything you know we didn't feel like we didn't feel like we had to do anything, you know, or like was forced to do anything. And that was like the most wonderful thing. Um, yeah. And so then how, how was your postpartum and breastfeeding and give us a little overview of that before we close? Um, oh, funny thing before I, I um, get into that. Um, so when we cut the corn, um, Sean had to like go on to YouTube and figure it all out last minute because we wasn't prepared for any of those things. Um, so it was just funny to, I guess I want to mention that because it was, it was just, it was funny to me, the fact that he was sanitizing scissors and clamps as he was YouTubing how to, totally. how to clamp a cord and how to tie a cord and, and cut it. Um, but 
yeah, I thought that was kind of silly and funny. Um, but yeah, my postpartum went great. I was, I wasn't um, any complications. I didn't have any bleeding or anything like that. Um, I didn't have any like pain or um, tears or anything. I went to the bathroom fine. I mean, obviously it was like sore a little bit, um, but it wasn't anything terrible and bad or like anything like that. So that was wonderful. Um, I just, you know, took care of it, put a little cool damp towel on it and that was what I needed. Um, and so I, so in Vietnam, they have a um, 40 days, also in Mexico, they have a 40 days postpartum time period where you kind of just sit and bond with the baby, do nothing, um, period, you know? Um, and so that's why I did. I did the 40 days of just like enjoying my baby and enjoying mm-hmm. the sun and enjoying being with my partner. Um, and, and as we were doing our 40 days, um, Sean and our neighbor and how uh, I love him so much, but he and Sean built a Temescal, which is a, mm. um, a, a traditional, um, what do you want to call it? Like a, like yeah, a sweat, sweat lodge. lodge. Yeah, that's the word. So it's a traditional sweat lodge. So him and Angel went out and got like coizo bamboo out in, you know, the fields and like cut that up and built that. And, and we got fabric to cover it up. And on the next moon, we had a ceremony in the Temescal and it was beautiful. Like hmm. we set our intentions and, and um, we just, um, and set our, and, and, you know, told our, told the universe our, our appreciation and, and our love and everything. And they were there to, our neighbors and how and Mariana were there to celebrate Aww. with us and helped us through this journey, you know? So that is so special. Yeah, so it was it was really great. It was really simple. It was no complications at all and that was what I wanted, you know. Um yeah. And I was so thrilled. Really, I was so thrilled that the midwife wasn't there. Like I was so happy that she was out of town. Like I don't think I would have the birth that I would have um, if she was there. And mm-hmm. I don't think I would have um, what I wanted, you know? And so I was completely grateful for that. Um, and so it's funny cause like him being birthed into this earth was so simple and easy and his birth on paper, <laughs> when we got our birth certificate and paperwork, that was like a whole new thing. Like, I was oh, yeah, so totally. happy that Sean was there to take care of everything because I was in such a mind state where, like, I just wanted to be with my baby and, and take care of him. And he was, 
Sean was there. So this is where he needed to be in the whole book. Like he, mm-hmm. you know, he was there to hold my space um, and be supportive during labor. But this is where a man should be. It's like, you can <laughs> do the paperwork <laughs> and like deal with like the authority. Go handle, go handle the system yeah, that, that you set exactly. up. <laughs> I would never, like if it was up to me, I'm, he wouldn't have a birth certificate at this point, you know, I would, right. wouldn't have a passport because I would probably just push it off to the side because I don't want to deal with that type of stuff. I hate documents and I hate paper and I hate all that. And he, and Sean was awesome. He was there to like do all that. Um, so it was perfect, you know, like he did his part. I did my part and we all did our part um, perfectly. Mm. So good. Oh, I love it. It's such an inspiring story. And it's just, um, yeah, like we said before we were recording, the simplicity of it and your um, your willingness to actualize your dream, you know, and, and your own confidence and just following your instincts and your intuition. And, and it rendered a a freaking perfect, beautiful experience. I, yeah. It's so, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And really I had fears. So I'm not saying that like I had this perfect birth without any fears, without any concerns. I did have a lot of fears and I did had times where I felt like maybe this is not going to be right. You know, maybe I, mm-hmm. you know, might, well, that's that's the not knowing, yeah. right? Like we don't know until we know. Yeah, and and there are complications, there are risks that we were completely aware of. It's not like, hey, I want a free birth, and I'm not. You know, we did a lot of research, so sometimes when I talk about my birth, I feel like um, it's not all this like happy, you know, butterflies and rainbows and whatnot. We did really did take the work to research everything and we knew that like I could have died I my baby could die I or we both could die I was willing to take that risk uh, you know what I mean like but I know that that was part of the journey of having but also yeah of course and that we don't get out of that risk anywhere there's nowhere where that risk goes away right and so you know, being alive is inherently risky because at some point we're all going to definitely die. And so, you know, I mean, I'm a broken record on this podcast about all of this, but yes, of course there is inherent risk um, to every place of birth and every choice in birth, but the risk of death comes with every single variation of birth. Yeah, and of life, really. I could step out the door after this interview and get hit by a car and die, you know? So, but that's yeah. the risk of life, you know? Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, right. It's how do we want to, how do we, I mean, I really find for myself and for many women around me that that are choosing this stuff, it's like, okay, yeah, we got that. And so what story do we want to tell? What story do we want to live? How do we want our life to go and to be? And by taking the reins of that and and stepping into the co-creator realms, epic shit happens. We're able to manifest incredibly beautiful and sacred um, experiences. You know, when you get 
past what for many is a paralysis of fear. And, and, and I totally agree. It's not that we're fearless. It's that, um, it's that it's an acceptable, you know, element of being alive and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew that like, I want to write my story and I knew that this is the only chance I can write it the way I wanted to write it. So, and I wanted to tell a story to my son of how he came into this world and Mm -hmm. I wanted it a certain way. And I know that like, Mm -hmm. you know, being in a hospital, being with people, was it what I wanted, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Go girl. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. I love your story and can't wait to get it out there. Thanks. Thank you. That's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.